Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And in today's episode, we're having a conversation with Roger Nairn, the founder and CEO of Jar Audio, where we'll talk about branded podcasts, why to have them, best practices, impact, how to get started, and so much more. Stay tuned. And here we go. Hi, Roger. How's it going? Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're so excited to chat with you today. Jar Audio produced some of the top branded podcasts out there. So this is a real treat for everyone out there who is thinking, oh, what goes into a branded podcast? You know, What are some of the larger brands doing? What does impact look like? We're here to talk about that today. So first off, tell us about your background and how you got into podcast production. Yeah, well, about five years ago, uh, I was working in the advertising world. I was uh, in leadership positions in client service. I was in the advertising for almost 20 years, working for some of the world's biggest agencies. Um, but I, I started getting a bit of a bug. Honestly, the idea of sort of traditional advertising was starting to wear me down a little bit. I thought brands could do a way better job having you know, better conversations, more engaging, uh, thoughtful, creative opportunities to connect with their audiences. And when I met my business partner, Jen, um, it just kind of clicked. Jen came from the journalism space. She was a CBC journalist for many years, uh, which is sort of the Canadian equivalent of NPR. Uh, She was also teaching podcasting at the University of British Columbia. And uh, we got thinking one day, what if we were to combine our forces and take, you know, my marketing experience and her storytelling experience and, and combine the two to create Jar Audio. And that was over a beer and we were uh, off to the races from there. Amazing. And the name Jar Audio, is it an acronym? <laughs> it is. We actually started out with three partners. It was uh, it was Jen, Aaron, and Roger, and that's where Jar came from. It's actually a really cool story for those that are looking to start a business one day. We literally did have that conversation over a beer, but I said to everybody, you know, listen, if we're going to try this business thing, I want to just go slowly and just see if there's any interest first. So that night, I went home and I sent 10 messages out on LinkedIn to 10 people that were in my community, not necessarily best friends, just some people that I kind of randomly picked up. The second person to respond said, you're never going to believe this, but my wife is looking for this exact service for her business. Can you be in her office on Thursday? Uh, We were in her office on Thursday. It turns out the company is uh, Sage Natural Wellness, one of the world's largest aromatherapy companies and retailers. Uh, We had an amazing meeting with them. They said, uh, can you send us, uh, can you send us, uh, an estimate? We said, absolutely. Now, of course, an estimate needs to come with a, you know, probably a logo that goes on it. We didn't have a name at the time. So the question became, what are we going to call ourselves? And the first thing we came up with was char audio because it is an acronym. Now the marketer in me, the brand guy in me kind of finds that a bit maddening because it's, you know, I, I personally think acronyms are a little bit lame, but, uh, the entrepreneur in me loves that because that's literally how the company started. And we slowly, slowly built from there. Yeah, it's such a fun story. But also, I think, you know, when I think of Jar Audio, not knowing the story before this moment, I always think like, oh, a podcast in a jar. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great, you know, uh, ways that we talk about it. You know, the other thing my partner likes to say is you also put a jar up to a door to kind of listen through it. Uh, you can kind of mimic uh, like a headphone almost. Um, you know, you put a penny in the jar, you put stories in a jar. Um, there's a number of things you do with jars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, tell us next about how Jar Audio and how the company approaches creating branded podcasts for your clients. Because for everyone out there listening, it can be a real process for brands. Yeah. So uh, the very, very first thing we do, and, and the thing that I think makes us stand out amongst other agencies in the in the brand podcast space is we really zero in on what is the business problem we're trying to solve with this podcast. Now you can imagine that is going to be, you know, varying uh, dependent on the the business, the vertical they're in, you know, the situation they're in at the moment. But um, the, we really zero in on that first through our, our rigorous strategic phase. Then we answer the question of like, who's our audience? Really dig into the audience and ask ourselves, what does that audience need? And then we try to marry up the need of the audience with what the uh, brand that we're working with is able to provide. So perfect example is uh, we worked with Expedia for a podcast called um, Out Travel the System. They came to us and said, listen, we've got a business problem. That is that our audience doesn't see us as a very helpful brand. Now, this is pre-COVID. They said, we want to change the brand, you know, the brand studies that we're doing to show that we are a more helpful brand. Uh, can you help us with a podcast that would do that? So we sat down, researched their audience. You're absolutely right. You're, you know, they, they didn't see them as much of a helpful brand. And so then we craft the show to be um, a show that that provides a ton of value to that audience in the form of uh, travel tricks, uh, tips on how to get the most out of your travel experience. Now, the important piece is that it's not about Expedia. It's not about Expedia, uh, you know, deals. Um, now, every once in a while, we might involve an Expedia expert, but let's be honest, there's very few brands that know travel better than Expedia. So we'll use them quite sparingly, but we also leverage them as much as possible because they are able to provide a ton of value. And so. We're really crafting the uh, the podcast to be as great of a podcast first that just happens to be brought to you by that brand. So it's it's very much about digging into uh, and and creating an amazing bedrock of strategy before we get into production. Yeah, absolutely. And that problem is a really interesting one, right? People didn't think they were very helpful. That's really interesting, right? Because people people go to people go to a travel website to get help, right? To to find a flight, to find a hotel. Yeah, but they also, I mean, I think at the time they were being seen as more of the place to go for deals and that can be fine, but then that becomes a bit more of a commoditized action online. And so they want to be known as a bit more of a, of a travel partner. Um, and so the podcast was meant to be that tool and that resource. So we can, because, because a branded podcast is all about creating long-term relationships with audiences so that down the road, when they are making their purchase decisions, they've already got a nice memory to connect themselves to your brand. And so that's where we see the value of a podcast mostly lying is, is uh, you know, kind of in the, the top of funnel, either brand awareness or brand affinity side of the funnel. Yeah, absolutely. And for businesses out there, for people out here listening, maybe work for a business, how do a lot of companies go about identifying these problems that they can solve with podcasting? Yeah, I, I think so much of it is, I mean, as a business owner myself, I mean, we're constantly running into challenges in our business. But I think also with, you know, coming out of COVID, 
with the AI conversation just hitting us all head on and the economy, you know, a little bit of a question mark right now. I think this is a perfect time for businesses to get a bit introspective and ask themselves sort of, how's our brand doing? How can we improve it? Because the other thing a podcast is great for is improving brand positioning and thought leadership. So if there's a certain area you want to have more thought leadership in, and I kind of hate that term, but uh, if, if you want to be known a little bit better for a certain topic, a podcast can be a great way into that. And it's really important to recognize that that doesn't necessarily, like when I say, you know, thought leadership or they want to be known for a certain topic, that doesn't necessarily mean that that has to be a business topic. I mean, brands these days should, we think it's imperative that they get more involved in some of the more political conversations, you know, the LGBTQ plus conversation right now, or, uh, you know, just equity as a, as a, as a whole, like, you know, those are the conversations that we think should be happening more, um, as a whole throughout the world. Um, because I think part of the problem in the world these days is that we're not doing enough. There isn't enough dialogue. There's just a lot of yelling from one side of the fence to the other. And I think brands should very much uh, include themselves in that conversation as well, because uh, they are um, such an important part of society and, and obviously have a huge influence on society. So if it's a conversation about climate, there's absolutely a reason why you know Patagonia and REI and, and different brands should be having those conversations. Or if it's a conversation about the economy, at, you know, some of the financial institutions should absolutely be part of, you know, part of that conversation. So the list goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And can you walk us through your process for developing a podcast concept and bringing mm-hmm. it to fruition for some of the brands that you work with? Because it, it is quite an involved process. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, you know, getting into the weeds, pre-COVID, we would travel all around the world and sit in a boardroom with our clients for a day and a half to two days and get out the whiteboards with the uh, the colored markers and start plotting together you know, what this podcast should be about. Because it's really important for us that we be as collaborative as possible. And like I talked earlier before about listening, you know, listening is our number one value. So we, we really believe in listening to our clients and really understanding their brand and, and their audience. Now, COVID changed things a little bit. So we've now taken that sort of model and that strategy workshop, but we do it mostly online through Zoom and other, other forms. So we break it down into four to five two-hour sessions. Uh, the first few sessions are spent really digging into the brand. What, what's the brand problem we're looking to solve? How is the brand uh, positioned in the market? Uh, does that want to, you know, do you want to change? Who's your competition? What are they doing in the podcast space or have done in the past with podcasts or maybe other forms of uh, audio or, you know, short form storytelling? Uh, we then dig into who the audience is. A lot of times we ask our clients to provide us with any existing persona work that they might have. Um, there's a lot of really great things that some organizations have done to help us understand who, you know, who exactly their audience is. We then, you know, do a scrub of like, what other podcasts are they listening to? We then really dig into, okay, knowing what we know now, where are there some opportunities for lack of a better term, what's the blue ocean that we want to tap into from a podcast perspective. And then we start concepting from there. Concepting starts with our clients. We like to have them part of the conversation. So we're, you know, we, we brainstorm some ideas together, but then we really take it back and our creative team led by my partner, Jen, uh, who's our chief creative officer, develop concepts. And we really look at like different 
um, sort of, uh, Jen likes to call them eddies, like a, like a river rafting, uh, term, but you know, different avenues that, that the creative could go down. Uh, we look at different formats. We look at sort of what the audience is already listening to, and we make an assessment of whether those sort of formats are working or not. And then we come to the client typically with some um, three concepts that we fleshed out, including, you know, hosts and guest ideas, the client typically, and, and then with that, we'll, we'll, we'll have a recommendation for which of those three we recommend. Um, the client will choose a direction or provide us with feedback, in which case we'll make revisions. And then once you've got a direction, we put that all into what we call sort of the show Bible or a show plan, which, which kind of acts like a bit of a brief for, for our entire company and the client to sort of move forward with the podcast. And so the way I like to think of it is that if anybody were to ever get sort of airlifted into the project, they could pick up this Bible and understand exactly what the podcast is going to be about and what needs to be done. Um, and then we get into production from there. Yeah. So there's a lot of market research. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of market research. So, and I think when we're listening to a podcast, we don't always understand how much work has gone into, Hey, you know, this is your audience and we want to make sure that you're actively engaged and that the format is a specific format that we know you're going to follow. And, you know, that the content meets specific parameters, both for the brand and for the audience and for the overall market. Yeah, like nobody ever wants to hide the fact that, you know, as much as this is supposed to be a, an amazing podcast first, that happens to be brought to you by a brand, it is a marketing tool. And so as a marketing tool that you're investing in, it needs to perform. And in order for it to perform, it has to be correct for your audience, done with, you know, exquisite technical ability. Um, it has to sound good, it has to resonate. And so we do everything possible to uh, give the podcast its best opportunity to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And very quickly, I know this isn't specifically your wheelhouse, um, but on the production side, can you give us just a little bit of a, of, uh, I want to say like a, like a taster or like an appetizer of what the production process looks like as well? Cause a lot of branded shows are impeccably produced. And I mean, the great thing about podcasting, you can start a podcast in five minutes from your phone at Podbean, but you can also spend thousands and thousands of dollars per episode um, with so many different sound editors, sound designers, composers. So tell us a little bit about what that production looks like from a branded standpoint for some of the stuff that you guys have done. Yeah. So um, when we have our show Bible sort of greenlit and ready to go, um, a producer is assigned to the, to the podcast. Uh, That producer's job is to develop the, you know, the, um, the story arc of the, of the show they're working with either a chase producer or a production coordinator who's you know helping with the heavy lifting when it comes to guest outreach. So in the case of Joe Audio, we will reach out to guests, but we have some backup guests ready to go should that guest not be available. Um, it's really important, I think, for organizations not to organize their podcast production around the hopes and dreams of getting the you know super famous guests that they always wanted. Uh, it's not to say, you know, try, but don't pin, you know, don't pin the entire production around the, the hopes of being able to get, uh, you know, Prince Harry, um, or Oprah, 
uh, because there's a good chance it might not happen. And, and therefore you need some backups and you need to keep the ball rolling from a production standpoint. So anyways, um, yeah. once we, no, but sorry, just really quickly, it, it's so important for every podcaster. I think yeah. to remember that because, and and we talk about this all the time here at Podbean, like, you know, we've done uh, live events on getting celebrity guests and getting high profile guests and it, you know, it can really help, but also it's something where it's sometimes the guests that have the most notoriety are not listened to as much, or they have less incentive to promote the show. There are a lot of facets there. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a bit more muddy to, to get into. Um, with our guests, we, we do 90% of our recording remotely. And because we want the absolute best audio quality, we'll do a bit of a tech check with our guests in advance of, of, uh, the interview. And if they don't have the right equipment or if they're, if we're not happy with their audio quality, we'll actually ship them equipment. Uh, we've got a bit of a package that we put together and um, and ship it all around the world quickly. Um, once they get that equipment, we set them up with it, make sure that they've got the right recording environment. Um, we actually use that equipment also as a bit of a thank you for them being a guest on the show. So they get to keep that equipment or if they've got other equipment or they don't want it, we recommend that they donate it to a local school. Um, we, you know, we, uh, we, we don't want to waste it is what I'm saying. Yeah, what are you shipping out? What is there a specific? Uh, we're, so we're sending out. Uh, typically, I mean, I don't want to drop too many brand names, but it's uh, you know a, a pretty good quality USB microphone and then a good set of headphones. And in some cases, we're sending uh, like a a large um, microphone ball that you know goes over top of it if we have to be working in a pretty echoey environment. And then in some cases, depending on the situation, we'll send them a, a boom as well, um, something to you know to keep yeah. the. Uh, to keep the microphone in front Roger, of their face. I'm going to ask for details. What's the mic? <laughs> uh, it's a, it's it's usually a Rode Mini. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for everybody out there, it's good to have context, right? I think there's a lot of totally. different products in the market. I think Rode Minis are fantastic, and they're easy to use, and they're you know um, we we have very few issues. Yeah, absolutely. And there there's a mic for literally every situation, every person. I mean, I'm currently talking to you today from my Shure MV7. It's it's really something where like, you know, in terms of microphones, it's so fun to hear about what everyone's using, how they're using it, best practices for the mic. I know, you know, it's it's a little bit of a niche thing, but I think we all in some way nerd out about microphones. <laughs> I'm talking to you from the same microphone as well. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, to, we're microphone twins. But um, it's definitely something where I think in terms of consistency, if you can, and we've had some companies talk about this, um, slalom consulting utilizes Podbean's enterprise platform. And, and they spoke to us last year about this and how, when they have guests on the podcast, they'll ship out a package of microphone, um, headphones, you know, whatever specifically is needed for that recording. And so for everybody out there, maybe you don't have budget, maybe you do. It's definitely an interesting concept in terms of creating audio consistency. Yeah, and and yeah. you know we 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 do it and budget it into our projects, and do it as if, as if we're never going to see that microphone again, and it's going yeah. and it's going to stay with the with the gas. You can also create a package with a return you know shipping label and have it sent back to you. That's absolutely something that can be done. Yeah, absolutely. But that's such a great tip, I think, for for everybody out there doing remote recording. You know, whether you're shipping a microphone and, you know, if you have the budget to buy an extra mic or two, we ship it to someone with a return label or if you have the budget as a gift. Um, I think it it really creates consistent sound within your show as well. 
Oh, I, I totally agree. It, it keeps our, our technical team very happy. Yeah. Once we've gotten the, the interview scheduled, uh, we record the interview. Um, in advance of our interviews, though, we will pre-interview our guests. It typically happens during the, the tech check, but we'll pre-interview the guests. And the pre-interview is an opportunity for our producer to really dig into the, 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 you know, the channels and opportunities that our host can, can have in the conversation. We don't script any of our podcasts, but we do go into our podcast interviews with uh, a question line that we're, that we're comfortable with and, and it gives us a bit of a roadmap for the conversation. So coming out of that, we'll put together that cue line. We'll give it to the host, we'll brief the host, walk them through some scenarios on how the conversation should go. But we do want it to feel as, as natural as possible. So we, we don't uh, control anything going into that conversation other than you know, areas to poke around. We then do the, the recording. The recording for us is, is mostly done on Riverside. That gives us the opportunity to have our, our clients join the call or je- join the interview. They sit in the audience and that gives them an opportunity to just feel comfortable knowing that the right questions are being asked and the conversation's going, you know, in a direction that the, that brand is comfortable with. That being said, we, we do keep them arm's length to the point where, you know, we're not, uh, controlling the interview by any means it's more they're just muted so they, right <laughs> yeah, it's more just so that they can provide feedback and it's a bit quicker for the production process yeah. um and so then coming out of that interview we then go into a series of rough cuts and and fine cuts and and you know final final versions for for upload yeah amazing and once the podcast is out there it's been launched people are listening the brand is happy how do you measure the success of a branded podcast, yeah. both for the company and for JAR? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So a lot of that work is done in our strategy workshop up front, where we're really digging into the client and understanding what success looks like for them. And I'll tell you, success can vary widely. I've, I've seen a, a lot of different ideas of what success looks like. For example, you know, a lot of clients are obviously looking for the vanity metrics of downloads and and uh, unique listeners and all that sort of stuff. So we're we're for sure, you know, looking at the same thing from a jar standpoint. Our idea of success is a long listen length or the consumption number. You know, again, because this is a marketing medium, we want to make sure that the audience is listening for as long as possible. But that also tells us, and it tells our creative team, and it tells everybody that's touched the podcast that it's interesting and people want to be engaged with the content. And, you know, we're really lucky to be able to say that a lot of our shows see upwards of 90, 95% listen through rate, which is testament to our, our team and their storytelling ability and their, their ability to keep an audience's brain fresh while they're listening. And, and I say that jokingly, but there are a lot of different sort of ways to do that through an episode, but then the success can, you know, I've also seen success come out of clients mouths a number of different ways. For example, we had a client that, have, I'm not going to say the, the brand, but a, a very large organization, quite, I'd say, sort of uh, organizationally cumbersome, let's say. And their idea was success of success was to just make a podcast and have it go live because they thought it would be quite difficult to do that internally. And it would have to go through a bunch of legal loopholes, or not loopholes, but a bunch of legal hurdles. Yeah, and procurement. To, to executive and a program. And honestly, the process was that they were just floored with how easy the process was with us and the podcast got launched and it's live and they're so happy about that. It's That's funny, a really though. great point. It's funny though. Now they're like, oh, now we're interested in, you know, the engagement level <laughs> and the downloads. Right, right. And we're like, well, that's not what you said. 
some of those like important metrics like audience size, let's say, is going to be different for a client. So we've had some very, very niche B2B clients. The Port of Vancouver is a perfect example. Port of Vancouver is one of the largest ports in the world. And for them, the, uh, the their audience was the 25 companies that operate within the boundaries of the port and the, and the staff that goes with it. So we're talking like a couple thousand people. So for them, they're looking at like hundreds and hundreds of downloads versus the, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads. And so for them, it was really a smaller number. For other clients, we've had, you know, conversion be, uh, you know, the, the, the goal and, and they want to see people go from the podcast to their website and we're able to track all that. And so that's what they see as success. So yeah, it could totally, totally vary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that there's so many ways to use podcasting, right? Whether it's you want the most people to hear about something, you want a niche specific group of people to hear about something, you want direct clicks on your website, whatever it is, podcasting can deliver. And it's important to be clear about that on the front end, but also know that, you know, not every success is a million downloads, right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, we're also very open and honest with our clients that it is a branded podcast and, you know, it's not this American life. And the audience is going to be a little bit skeptical going in. Yeah. And they should be prepared. They should be prepared for that. And so the numbers aren't going to be astronomical. That being said, I mean, we believe wholeheartedly that there will be a branded podcast one of these days that is, you know, a this American life, you know, that is a popular podcast to that level, you know, to the, to that level. It's only a matter of time because brands have access to incredible storytellers, incredible stories. They have access to, you know, celebrities and, and influencers. They've got access to thought leaders. Like they have the recipe to tell incredible stories that, that audiences want to listen to. The biggest problem is, is, is them. They, they get in their own way. And, and, and if they, um, you know, if, if they take the opportunity to really look deep into themselves and like, what can we do? I think the day is going to come where the top podcast is coming from a brand. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time for branded podcasts. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people, whether they're specific individual independent podcasters or their brands have, you know, those This American Life thoughts in their head, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And so it's nice though that there there are shows out there that, you know, people aspire to, no matter what the genre is. But, you know, but to be fair to the brands, they, they don't know, right? And, and, and yeah. the, you know, the folks in marketing or communications or whoever's, you know, initiative this is, they don't know either. And, and so interestingly, the, I'd say for probably the first three and a half years of our company, we had to spend a lot of time in education. Educating, yeah. educating brands about why branded podcasts, why, why they should spend their, their dollars, you know, making their own show. And it's, it's only been within the past sort of year and a half that the kids, you know, the question is less, you know, why a podcast? And now the, the question is like, why Jar Audio? <laughs> and now it's, uh, it's a bit more competitive, which we love. And this is amazing. The education level has definitely increased. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I love what you said about you know, some clients, especially on the corporate side, really have to deal with maybe red tape or bureaucracy of getting things across the finish line in terms of a yes. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of procurement can be a real hurdle. So I think that outsourcing your podcast production is incredible. 
And it's interesting on the on the internal side at Podbean, our enterprise platform is incredible. We have a great embeddable player. And um, yeah, when a lot of companies find out about it, they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's it's better than yeah. you know what we had or what we thought might be a solution. So it's it's very interesting. Totally. And and I think that's where, you know, working with an agency like ourselves comes comes in because we've seen it all. We've seen every scenario. And what we'll do is highlight to our clients, depending on, you know, depending on the type of client, the type of company they are and the vertical that they're in. I mean, we've worked with we've worked with America Express, we've worked with Amazon, we've worked with IBM. Like we've seen all sorts of sizes of of and sort of legal hairy situations and things like that. So we're able to highlight like, hey, heads up, you might have, you know, the legal team asking you about X, Y, and Z, you know, yeah. here's how we can support them. Here's how we can get some sign off by that, you know, with with them ahead of time, which will make the production process easier. Absolutely. Um, hey, you might, you know, you might have run into a, a challenge with procurement. Here's what we've seen in the past. So we're, you know, we're trying to support these Yes. Uh, these folks and we don't see them as adver- adversaries. They're all just trying to do their jobs. And so we, uh, we try to cut things off at the pass, let's say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes what happens within larger organizations, and I think we'll probably both agree on this is that someone comes to you and they're so excited about podcasting and then they, you know, it's such a large organization. They may not fully be aware of the entire timeline of procurement or infosec or anything like that. So totally. Yeah, absolutely. Infosec. Oh, Infosec. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for everybody out there listening, it's, you know, information security when a large company acquires a vendor or, uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got to go through some, some like informational inquiries. Where do you store your files? Who has access <laughs> to those files? What's your security like in your office? Yeah, there's you a lot of have, technical you questions. You don't have an office? You work from home? <laughs> What's your security like at home? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of technical questions. Totally. Absolutely. And in terms of ROI and how brands are looking at getting that return on investment for their investment into branded podcasts, what does that look like? Yeah, you know, typical marketer's answer is it, it, it depends. Yeah. It depends on the brand. It <laughs> depends on what they're, you know, it depends on what success looks like for them. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about, you know, the lifetime or even if we're talking about the value of a, of a new customer, you know, there's a numbers of way, numbers, number of ways that clients are measuring that internally, but we're obviously able to measure that against either conversions or obviously the, the cost of the production itself. A lot of our clients though, just, you know, see ROI as an increase in audience size or an increase in web traffic, but also a lot of clients see ROI as um, brand lift. And so we'll do a brand lift study. We work with, you know, outside firms, you know, one of our favorites is, uh, is Signal Hill and um, they'll do an incredible brand lift study and, and be able to report back and show that the podcast has, has done its job from a, you know, from a brand lift perspective or hasn't done its job, you know, obviously, you know, sometimes, you know, ours do, but sometimes they don't. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we, again, it really depends on sort of what the, you know, what the expectation of ROI is. It's a tough question to answer, much like a lot of other marketing content. Yeah. How do you tie it directly to the, you know, to that piece? Uh, yeah. Itself? Cause it's not advertising. You're not putting it's a promo not. code in, right? No. It's not, it's not a direct offer, right? Totally. It's very much about, 
the values and the ethos of the brand and aligning that with the customer and their ethos. Exactly. And again, you know, it's, it's top of funnel. So it's, mm-hmm. it's about brand lift. It's about brand awareness. It's a, it's about, um, you know, thought leadership and education. Like it's, it, it's yeah. just a little bit harder to, to pin down exactly. And I think brands are starting to understand that more. And they're coming to us saying, you know, look, I understand I'm not going to be able to drive direct sales from the podcast out the gate immediately. You know, we see this as more of a brand play. And, and so they understand that it's part of the larger ecosystem of, of their other marketing activities. Yeah, absolutely. And can you share some examples of some of the branded podcasts that you guys have produced? I know you used the Expedia example, but you guys have done a lot of really cool stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we do a podcast right now uh, for StaffBase, which is uh, an online platform to support internal communications professionals. Uh, we do a podcast for them called Infernal Communication, all about sort of the uh, the ins and outs of of communication. We did a we did a, an episode a mock trial for Comic Sans, the uh, the font, and you can That's imagine, funny. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it's and actually, so this is a really good example of a podcast that is designed for a specific audience, which is internal communication folks. However, we've also created it so that its appeal, you know, its appeal is wider. So it's it's bringing a wider audience, you know, closer to the brand. And that was part of the that was part of the brief. We've also done a podcast, or we do a podcast with Amazon called "This Is Small Business." There, you know, the, the challenge that they came to us is that uh, a lot of people don't realize just how much of a relationship Amazon has with small businesses. The large majority of businesses that sell through Amazon are small businesses, and Amazon wants to support small businesses. And so we created a podcast that is all about supporting small businesses. It's hosted by Andrea Marquez, who is actually a woman who is interested in starting a business herself but hasn't started. So she's using the podcast as an opportunity to interview all sorts of entrepreneurs about the ins and outs of owning a business. It's it's everything from how do you get rid of your business partner to uh, how do you scale to learning about um, you know the financial side of the business and so it's super high value for for small business owners but also really anybody interested in business as, as a whole and then we've done you know everything from a, a podcast with uh, T-Mobile all about it's called it's called Mobile Diaries and that you know T-Mobile is an interesting company because they obviously deal in mobile technology, but they recognize that the world is changing and mobile technology has has such a massive impact on society for good and bad. And so they they allowed us to work, you know, work with a a team to really dissect from sort of like an anthropological standpoint, how mobile technology is impacting society, everything from dating to how we work to our mental health. And so it's just a really interesting introspective look at at um, at that technology. We are uh, also working with Aldeon's Trade, which is um, a global trade insurance company. Yeah, they're an which, insurance company, right? Yeah, I mean, which you know, just the thought of it sounds a bit of a snooze fest, right? <laughs> However, we've created this super fun show called Wheel of Risk, and it's all about risk. It's all about uh, risk in business, risk in, you know, a number of different areas. So, we, you know, we tell a story of how a war in Ukraine, you know, initiated by Russia is impacting the shipment of goods from China to North America and vice versa. You know, so-and-so has uh, a shipping crate full of 
you know, raw meat and it's got to leave San Francisco by 2.30 in order to make it to, to the shores of Africa on a certain date. And if it doesn't leave by then, what sort of impact does it have on the global economy? And, and, and anyways, it's just, it's really, really fascinating. And so, you know, we really love to dig into, you know, where does, where's there an opportunity for a really interesting story to tell? Yeah. And and how can the brand just play a role in in telling it? And and it's important to recognize that, you know, when you listen to our shows, it's not about Allianz Trade or it's not about Amazon or it's not about T-Mobile. They just happen to be bringing you those stories. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's almost like they're like a minor character in the story, which is really beautiful. Um, exactly. You know, I love some of those examples because it really... Not only like in the Amazon example, right? A lot of people see Amazon and they think Jeff Bezos, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Right. And they're watching him like go to space and, you know, like be a billionaire. And, but Amazon does have a huge marketplace with small businesses. And so it really does bring things back more into that message. Yeah. Exactly. When you're seeing Jeff Bezos like literally go to space on his <laughs> rocket, right? It's like, <laughs> which totally. is. You know, it really reframes the conversation for what the company does. Exactly. And then on the Allianz front, in terms of insurance, I mean, you know, people think insurance can be really boring, but also the story of insurance is, you know, how do we cover all of these interesting commerce global activities? So I think that there is kind of a peeling back yeah. of layers there and and being able to tell stories that, you know, involve the brand you know, maybe as a narrator or a, a secondary or tertiary character. You but nailed it. Yeah, yeah. But they really <laughs> get to, it's very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you. So in terms of Brandon Podcast, you mentioned, you know, the first couple of years of Jar Audio, it was a lot of education and now it's more competitive. Mm -hmm. So how do you see the landscape of branded Podcasts evolving from 2023 and forward? Sure. I mean, it's definitely growing. You're definitely going to see a, a lot more brands, you know, getting into the into the pool. I think, you know, from a delivery standpoint, you're, you know, we're seeing a lot more that are that are entering the space as as well. I think a lot of brands, though, they look at the podcast as something that they still see it as an opportunity to just create something and put it out there, and they just assume that it's going to get listened to. But there, you know, there's, as you know. Um, you know, millions and millions of podcasts these days. And so there really needs to be a, a really intense level of, of differentiation for their podcasts. And, and I worry that brands are just going to what I would call kind of two dudes at a Yeti type service to create their podcast. They, Do you want to break that down? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, just, a, you know, a couple of guys in their basement that have done a podcast in their, you know, in the, you know, themselves. And so, a brand will go to them to to just create it and, and put it up online. It's got to be thought of deeper than that, not just the production, but the audience growth side of it. Like we haven't even gotten into the audience growth side where we see 50% of the lift being, you know, making sure that it's getting into the right ears as, as yeah. you know, as, as many of the right ears as possible. And so I think, you know, the differentiation comes in the, the level of strategy. And, and in our case, we're, we're solving your specific business problem with the podcast. But I'm very, very, very bullish on, on the space. And I think we're going to see a lot more brands getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. And on that audience growth side, I mean, it's something where so much market research and work has gone into, you know, even pre-production, what is the podcast going to be about? Who's going to listen? What's the ethos? What are the values of the brand we want to communicate? Then you 
you know, do all the production work, which is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you do have audience growth. So for everybody out there who, you know, may not have the resources for jar audio, who's maybe an independent podcaster, what are some of the things you do in terms of audience development and growth? Yeah. I mean, aside from crafting the story around the, you know, the, 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 the audience, which our audience growth, you know, team plays a role in with our credit creative team. When it comes to launching and sustaining the growth of the show, we look at three buckets. We look at the owned opportunities of the brand, the earned opportunities of the brand, and then the paid opportunities for the brand. And so with, with uh, owned, we're leveraging the, you know, everything from the client's email database to their, um, if, if some, of, some of our clients, like let's say it's bank, they've got branch locations. Well, let's leverage that. You know, they've got a, a large amount of staff who, who all have their own, you know, networks and, and friends and family that can get the podcast seated. So we're really, we're really digging into some of the low hanging fruit that the client owns and sort of leveraging the unfair advantage that they come to the table with. We're then looking at, uh, the earned opportunities. So, uh, things like social, we're looking at cross promotion opportunities, really digging into, okay. What other podcasts is our audience listening to? Let's reach out to those and and try to you know, barter some opportunities to work together. And then we're looking at paid opportunities. You know, a lot of our clients will give us a budget to spend, but first we're we're developing a plan for how best to spend it. You know, we we make a lot of buys on other podcasts or podcast directories, but sometimes we'll make more sort of traditional buys, whether it's you know some display ads or maybe there's an industry newsletter that we want to be in or. I mean, we've even done some radio stuff here and there or posters, you know, there's, it really depends on, on the brand and the, and the audience and, and what's going to be right for them, you know, kind of over top of all this, we're looking at the look and feel of the show as well. So we're creating all the artwork for the cover art and all the collateral, and then we're executing all the, you know, the, those deliverables on a episode to episode basis. We're writing social posts. We're, you know, creating video if needed. Uh, we're doing all, you know, everything that we need to, to to get the show out there. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of those things are really achievable for independent podcasters, right? Here at Podbean, we have the ads marketplace. You can advertise on over 35,000 shows that are hosted with Podbean. There's a lot of things that you mentioned that, you know, big brands are doing, but they're not on, inaccessible to your average independent podcaster. You can reach out to other shows that have a similar audience. You can do guest swaps. You can do ad swaps. Um, at Podbean, we have, you know, the Podbean directory you can purchase placement. There's a lot of really cool things totally. that across the board podcasters can do. And it's it's really reassuring to know that big brands are doing that. I mean, at Podbean, we know that that it works, right? And so Absolutely. Yeah. We're taking, we're taking, you know, we're taking those sorts of rules off off our clients' plates. Cause I mean, a lot of these podcasts are done off the side of desks in organizations. And um, I think a lot of times they don't realize how much work goes into it. So you know, where we come in really takes a lot of that work off, off the plates. But to your point, you know, amateur podcasters or anybody out there that has their own podcast can do a lot of the things that we're talking about. We're just able to do it, uh, you know, directly with our clients and, and feed, feed in a little bit better to their overall, you know, marketing ecosystem. And we're able to work internally with their, their larger marketing team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Roger, we ask everybody the same couple of questions here at Podcasting Smarter at the end of our conversation. So the first is, what podcasts do you listen to? 
<laughs> so um, a lot of my own or a lot of our own, we've got about 25 in production right now. Right now, I'm really into a podcast uh, called How Long Gone, which is two guys that kind of a blend of like pop culture with a little bit of comedy, which with a little bit of like style and fashion and all sorts of different stuff. I'm also a huge fan of You Made It Weird with uh, uh, Pete Holmes and uh, a couple other newsy type shows. Nice. And where in your opinion is the industry headed overall? Um, so with, you know, definitely growth. However, I do see us becoming a lot more grown up and a lot more well, when I say a, a lot, a lot more sort of uh, professionalized, let's call it. So we're gonna we're gonna see more things like you know ad standards and you know more uh, industry Overwatch, let's say uh, consistency. Think, you know, consistency, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, thank you for that. And and I think that's coming from the industry itself versus you know other you know other sort of outside influences, which I think is great. So you know groups like Sounds Profitable and. And Pod News and IAB and all that, I think, are doing a good job of allowing the industry, or you know, be, being a, a part of the industry's sort of growth and, and consistency in a in a sustainable way. I also see the industry just becoming a little bit more, um, you know, creative, like different types of shows, you know, different ways of executing. We're breaking out of the mold of of you know just you know, one-to-one interview styles and narrative, you know, we're going to see more documentary style and we're going to see more blend of audio and video. And, um, I'm really excited about the opportunity to do like some choose your own adventure type shows with brands. In fact, we've got some technology that we're playing around with that we would love to connect with a brand on to create a uh, choose your own adventure type podcast, you know, things like that where we're, we're, we're leveraging, you know, new technology to make the listening experience more rich. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Roger Nairn, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting. Podcasting.